Dustin Johnson's swing is very unique, very powerful, and we can learn a lot from it, which we will look at Dustin Johnson's swing today in this swing analysis on Data Access Golf. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Data Access Golf. Appreciate you being here today. I'm actually simulcasting. So this is a little different. Normally what we've done in the past is when we've looked at a swing sequence, I've done and gone and done uh, screenshots of a live swing motion and then we've gone through and I've created a PDF and I've put that down into the podcast where you can download it and look at it as we go through the podcast. What I'm doing today is slightly different. I've actually, I'm actually recording, video recording the demonstration as I do the podcast. So I will put up the video version of this analysis up on my YouTube channel under swing sequences. I'm having a hard time with that word today. And, uh, but I will still do the PDF when we're done here with the presentation and I'll stick that in the podcast as well. So we kind of have hopefully the best of both worlds, but we'll see. It's a uh, work in progress. We'll see if it works out. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. We'll just do the best we can. So here we are. This is Dustin Johnson swing. You can see we've got the face on view and we'll look at that first. Uh, first, as many of you know, we will go ahead and put in the the line that kind of I like to have on top of their head there so we can kind of see how their heads move through the swing. You can see here that we've got the caddy in the background, right? Dustin Johnson's brother there. So I've tried to line up the line as much as I possibly can. We are somewhat limited to how good the, uh, the cameraman was, right? If he doesn't move at all. If they're on a tripod, we're much better, but this one obviously wasn't. They did a great job really until frame 11. And you can kind of see there that the line crosses above the caddy's top of the shoulder where it's more in the mid uh, portion of it uh, to start with. Now, I don't know if that's because he's turned to look at the ball or whatever, but just take it with a grain of salt. We can see here in uh, Dustin Johnson's swing motion then that, and we see this a lot with, with modern players now, that as they get to the top of their backswing that they kind of settle into their swing a little bit and they use those ground forces, right? So there's a little squad in there as they get up and sometimes that is shown here as their head drops a little bit, right? And so we can see that definitely in that Dustin Johnson settles into it. Now, did he drop as much as it looks here in, in you know, the, the screenshot number six? I don't, I don't know. I mean, we can't really say again, I wasn't holding the video recorder, but we're gonna do the best we can. Right, so there it is. It's kind of interesting to see him settle in and then finish back up towards the line in uh, the number 11, right? So let's continue on. The first thing I really wanted to look at is make sure that we look at the spine angle here. So I'll throw this yellow line in at kind of a spine angle, kind of gives us an idea of how he's turning around. You can see here that he is very stable. I went ahead and put the line there in screenshot number one, right there in the middle of his, you know, right there in his crotch, right? It kind of goes up, you can see that his He's a little behind the ball and he's set up sort of almost sort of preset behind the ball. He is hitting a fairway wood here and you've got the ball there. It looks like off his heel, which is great position. And then you can kind of see him turning back in, in screenshot three, you can kind of see his belt buckle starting to appear a little bit more than in two, but in four, you can definitely see 
his way. Everything is back behind the ball and really set up on that back leg. And we'll go ahead and start marking that. You can kind of see in two, three, four, really that weight on that back leg. Really set up nicely there. Now here's the cool thing. If you look from four, and you can see he's kind of up at the top there. He's in great position, but in five is that first move back. The club doesn't move a whole lot, but look at his belt buckle, and you can really see that weight now has shifted. Over 90%, if he was on a body track, would now be in that front foot, his left foot in this case. And you then can kind of see his, his leg really bearing a lot of the weight there through the swing in shot six. And then if we move down into seven and eight, you can see an eight here, I kind of marked it because you can see from seven as he's coming into the ball to eight, you can see that his leg is straightening. You can see it at nine as well, I'll mark that. But you can see that he is really posting up into that front side, that left side in his case. And now he's really rotating around that, that front leg and that hip. An another cool th thing to see here is just how much he is just standing on that leg, it is bearing all of his weight through the remainder of his swing, all the way through the, to the finish there in 11. So next, let's take a look at, I thought this was very interesting, especially with, uh, with Brooke Henderson's swing that we looked at before. You've got a very stable front foot with Dustin Johnson. Again, very powerful. Um, it suggests that he somewhat is, he doesn't need to do anything to free himself up to put a great big move on it, right? He can stay very flat-footed and still turn a full shoulder turn. And then his weight now down through impact in eight is flat on the foot. I mean, very little has his foot moved through the swing. It has stayed very stationary, no movement at all. That is very different then from a Brooke Henderson that we looked at earlier. You can see her at impact, her front foot is completely off the ground. So you're talking a guy over six feet versus a girl who's five, six, a hundred, barely a hundred and something pounds and how they, what they do to generate power. There's lots of different ways to generate power. Dustin Johnson, we know, hits it a whole long way on the PGA Tour. He's always in the top 10. He doesn't need to um, generate force the way Brooke Henderson does, right? So he can say much more consistent because he's flatter and on the ground. So it really depends on what we're trying to do here. I, Brooke Henderson's way is a great way to generate power. And we see that with Brooke, with Bubba Watson, with Justin Thomas, where they jump so hard off the ground, they use the ground forces so much, they literally come off the ground. Now, if we looked at Dustin Johnson's um, body track numbers, you would definitely see that some of his weight has come up off because he straightened that leg. Right, as he's straightened, he's definitely coming up off the ground a little bit, but it would be really interesting to see just how much. But you can see that foot is very stable um, all the way through to his finish, which is really cool. So next thing I wanted to look at was his hip motion. You can see in screenshot five, he is back on his um, back leg, but he is he has moved now towards his left side. You can see that buck belt buckle has moved a little bit, but the biggest thing that he's done is shifted that weight to that left side. And you can kind of see from four to five that that weight has settled in on that front foot, and then it continues on. But from five to six, we see his hips moving and kind of getting there pointed at the ball. And this is where we start to see a way that Dustin Johnson generates a lot of power. 
he's kind of held his hips there. In some of the LPGA swings that we see now, we've actually seen where their hips have moved down towards the ball and they're more open than Dustin Johnson is right now. He is very square to the target line. His hips are. But now look at this. Seven and then to eight. Boom. When he hits impact at eight, his hips now are pointed down, down the fairway. Pointed at his target. So he has made a very rapid, he has very quick hips through the hitting area. And boom, that's how he generates his power. Boom, quick hit, hit motion as the club comes in. Boom, right there at impact. And then post it up on that left side. You can see now his hips then stall a little bit. We don't see any sort of recoil, but his hips kind of stall as he waits to kind of go around his body. Again, I think that's a very, uh, as he's posted up on the left side and straightened up there, that restricted his motion a little bit. And now he just lets momentum kind of go through. There's no point of him at this point, right? It's about balance. It's about finishing balance. And so he doesn't really need to do anything else. He's got into impact. He doesn't need his hips to do anything else. And so they just stop working and he gets around to his nice finish. Okay. Now going back up to four, I want to take off some of those lines there because we want to look at Dustin's shoulder turn, which here is amazing. He's a very flexible guy. Even with his foot on the ground, he's able to get up and go over 90 degrees there. And we can kind of see his club is below parallel. But I mean, as far as um, this, it's no John Daly swing, but he's beyond parallel. But it's nowhere near close what this, these are Brooke Henderson's lines <laughs> that we saw previously. I just thought it was fun again, because we looked at her previously. This is really kind of a fun thing to look at. Boom. There she goes. You can see when she's up at the top, she's also very stable with her left front foot, but she's able to generate, look at her shoulder turn, look at how far the club's pointed down. It's really, her flexibility is something else. And I would say Dustin Johnson, obviously he works out a lot. He's very muscular, um, but his flexibility obviously doesn't compare to Brooks. So we'll take that out of there. Um, but just kind of a fun thing to look at uh, for sure. Gorgeous swing. Um, when you look at Dustin Johnson face on, a lot of that bowed wrist and all that we talk about up at the top of the swing, you can't really see very much. You can see kind of see in five where the club is a little more closed than we'd probably typically see from most folks as he's rotated that hand out. But what I found so surprising, and we'll go ahead and look down the line here, is that um, it's not quite as pronounced as I thought it was. Um, and we'll go ahead and throw the front... Uh, the, the headlines in there so we can kind of see there a very similar thing to what we saw there when he gets up to the top you can see that his knee that front knee is more bent uh, the back leg is actually the flexibility stays pretty common pretty you know pretty similar all the way throughout but you can definitely see that 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 front leg is definitely bent in he's he's lowered in a little bit and we'll go ahead and do his spine angle now real quick and I think I did this all the way through just because it was super fascinating to see um, how his body works. So, okay. So we can kind of see there as he works around his spine angle, you can kind of see when he gets into impact, it's, you know, he's definitely swung back, but his shoulders have gotten kind of steep and um, he's kind of, I, I, th that just looks super painful to me. How his spine is kind of turned a little bit. Again, I've put the line there as reference, not on his spine, but how it started and how his spine works through his swing. You can kind of see that he's sort of bending into it a little bit. He generates a lot of power. And then in, you know, in, in frame 10, his shoulders are so steep right there. 
um, you can kind of see that that spine angle, he's still sort of tipped to the right side of that spine angle initially, but in 11, he's finished dead up on where it was originally. So he knows exactly where that is. Some of the other cool things to look at, when he's taking the club back there in frame two, I've circled the, the, the club there, that front edge of the leading edge of that club and his spine angle are pretty dead on. That's just textbook. That looks super good right there. Really, really good place right there. And then as he continues on in four, I've circled that in green, the bowed wrist that we talked so much about. You can see the club face there in the back, very closed, right? And so this is where people start talking that Dustin Johnson's club is so closed that he has to be really careful and hold off impact. Well, it turns out that's not necessarily the case. Again, you can kind of see that first motion down. All the weights now move to the front side that we saw in the face on view. He's now on his left hand side. The club, has, his, his arm has dropped a little bit and he's now starting to come back down. And you can see his shoulders here, very good shape. Um, looks really good. But if you compare his shoulders down to nine and 10, look how much different they are when he gets in through impact and eight two in impact. It's a little steeper right there. Uh, seven, you can kind of see the club coming, I mean, uh, excuse me, six, you, I've circled the club face there coming back into play. Um, it lines up very, very well with his wrist. But look at this in seven. Look at the leading edge of the club in seven compared to two. Very similar. Look at them compared to his spine angle, his initial spine angle. Very similar. So he has bowed that wrist at the top, but from the top down to where he's basically where he's going to release everything he's got into the ball in frame seven, he has got that club dead on perfect to his spine angle. So that little movement up at the top that he does with bowing of his wrist is not something that he just holds onto and takes down through the ball. He manipulates it back to real normal positions in frame seven. And that's not something that we hear a lot about. We hear that Dustin Johnson so quick and he has to be quick because his wrist is bowed and all this kind of, that's not true. The film evidence is he fixes it by the time he gets to frame seven. So whatever he's done in four and five, it's completely gone. You can see a, a little bit more in six, but by the time he's to seven, it's over. He is back to position where he can just release it and let it go. So the, what he does in four and five makes far less sense to me now than it ever has. I don't get that motion other than maybe it puts him, it gets him so he can get into position seven easier, that that's just a, a movement that he's learned because where he is in seven, four and five make no sense. You would expect, when I hear people talking about him being, um, you know, really having to hold on, you would expect that club face in seven to be toe down more, more closed. And it's not, it's matched up perfectly and he's ready just to release the whole thing right through the ball and he does. I mean, he unleashes something. He posts up into that left side and just lets it freaking go. But you can kind of see here as he's released through the ball, again, you would expect that to be totally closed at this point because of how he bowed it at the top and it's not. Again, it matches up with his initial spine angle. So totally beautiful, uh, nothing there. 
Jumping back to frame one, I want to start looking at this a little bit. This is something that you hear Johnny Miller talking a lot about when he used to talk uh, about how he'd walk down the range at uh, PGA Tour events, and he would basically just try to see who took the club back and returned it to the back of the ball um, at the same lie angle, and those were the, always the best golfers. So I wanted to kind of compare that in this. And you can see, and, and most people are like this, when you come into the ball and you're generating a lot of velocity, that club tends to stand up a little bit. It's not as flat at impact. And that's just life, right? That's just centrifugal force. That's just what goes on. But I've been told by those who are much smarter than me that typically a PGA Tour player is less than five degrees different from where they take the club back to impact is underneath that five degrees. So when I look, when I get on the swing bite and work on my own swing, I do look at that five degrees to make sure that I'm somewhere five degrees or below when you're measuring initial lie angle to impact lie angle. So just something to think about as you're looking at your own swing, draw a line where you start initially and draw a line at impact and see if those are too far different. So interesting there. Okay, uh, I talked about it, how he posts up onto that left side where he can just generate everything, but now we can see he doesn't have to hold off or do anything uh, or try to get quick through it or anything. Dustin Johnson is in such good shape in seven that he straightens that leg and just blasts through it. He doesn't have to jump up off the ground. He doesn't have to do any of that. You can see that his foot is just very stable through all of it. His back leg kind of covers it a little bit, but his foot, it does not come up off the ground. His weight is probably coming off the ground as he jumps up there in eight, but you can kind of see that leg is very, very straight there in eight, nine, boom, as he bolts through it and then finishes nicely. And then his hips, very similar here. We talked about how quick his hips are. We see his pocket more, we definitely can see the back, um, what's in his back pocket from five to six. It's definitely appeared in. But you look five, six, uh, but if you look six, seven, eight, at impact, his hips are right down. Look at that. They are faced right down the fairway. So he goes from six to eight so quickly. I mean, so that's it. From he goes six, seven, eight, You've got his hips going like crazy. You got in seven, his clubs in totally perfect condition. He can just let it all go and he does, right? He, he just absolutely completely bombs it. And then you can see this sort of pause in the hips as he lets it kind of go. There's no point for him to generate speed anymore. So he's stabilizing, balancing and getting ready for that follow through. I did talk a little bit about how steep his shoulders are compared to five. Just kind of look how that's a little different there. I'm not totally exactly sure what that's all about. Um, you can definitely see that that club exits well below his shoulder line and it's not quite the same. You like to, I, I really like to see the shoulder level and the club head exit be parallel to each other. They're really not here. He kind of comes in below. I would almost expect it to be a little bit higher there. So I'm not exactly sure what that's about, but I will say that if you watch Dustin Johnson's swing, he finishes, he comes out pretty low and he finishes low in 11, right? You can see a club typically up towards, you know, somebody's middle of the head typically, but Dustin Johnson finishes quite a bit lower. And again, I don't know if bowing at the wrist causes him to do some things differently as it comes down through impact. He's definitely, I, th I don't know if he's necessarily five degrees. He's probably a little more than five degrees from his initial setup in eight. Um, but we know he generates a lot of speed. We know he posts up. We know he doesn't jump off the ground. Uh, and we know he hits it a long freaking way. 
So hopefully that's helpful to everybody. I think that that is the last slide in. Oh no, I've got his, the last one's there, his club there below his, the top of the shoulders, not up in his head there. So hopefully that's helpful to you. A, an amazing swing, but not exactly what we thought it was. He is much more fundamentally sound than people make it sound when we talk about him on TV. He does not have to go crazy with his hips to hold off hitting everything dead left because he's so hooded at the top. He fixes it on the way down beautifully. In frame seven, it's gorgeous. That's just textbook. He is facing the target. His The front, of, the front edge of that driver is right with his initial spine angle. He is in such great shape there. And then he fires through in nine. Club face is, again, matching his, his spine angle on the, on the exit. Um, the really, the, the, the thing that's more interesting to me, definitely the bowing of the wrist at the top doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then his shoulders being so steep after impact um, as he's holding that off. I don't, I don't necessarily know what that is. It looks like, I mean, I, I, I literally would kill over, I think my spine would snap in half. It would probably snap in half with how much speed he's generating anyway. But he's so strong, his core is so strong that I think he can get away with just about anything he wants to do. He is so strong and, and, and so flexible that he's in great shape. So hopefully that's helpful for everybody. I'll continue to do these scene, these uh, swing sequences. They seem to be going over well. Everybody seems to enjoy them. I wanna welcome um, our friends from Japan. I put up a couple things about uh, Tiger Woods playing in Japan up on my Instagram page and I picked up uh, quite a few Japanese followers and I love Japan. I spent two years in Japan. I think skoshi ska shirimasen means I only speak a little Japanese for those who listen in, but uh, the, the, I actually got a suggestion from a Japanese uh, listener about doing Dustin Johnson swing. So this is for you, and I hope that that Yoroshiku uh, I hope that that works out for uh, works out well for you, and works out well for everybody. Much to learn from Dustin Johnson swing. In order to get really most out of what we did today, record your swing, videotape your swing, and then take screenshots of your swing in these different positions and compare them. I find so much more value from um, screenshots than I do just watching video over and over and over again. Um, when you watch videos over and over again, it just kind of gets confusing. This way you're able to really kind of break down exactly what you're doing at any given point and take a really good look at it. Uh, so I hope that you'll, you'll do that. Print this baby out, take it with you to the course, videotape your swing, pause it in certain spots and see how you stack up to Dustin Johnson. And I hope that you stack up better all the time. And remember, until next time, better data always means better golf. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com. And we'll see you on the next episode.